Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. mic on? Yes, it is. Well, praise the Lord. It's amazing that you made it here with the uh, conditions of the roads, you know, the ice. And so I won't be long-winded. I'm going to try to get us out of here early so none of us have to worry about that black ice. Amen. Praise God. Um, I felt the Lord has put a word on my heart and um, it's studying for a few days now. Um, and I and, um, tossed and turned with this message and um, I'm like this is the word the Lord wants you know for this new year amen amen praise God and so if, uh, if you put that scripture and if you stand with me the reading of the word amen alright that is Exodus 27 starting at verse 20 Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamp may be kept burning. Verse 21 says, In the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, outside the curtain that shield, the ark of the covenant law, Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting Ordinance among the Israelites for generations to come. Amen. Praise God. Lord, help me, Lord, to deliver this word, Lord God, that you put in my heart. And I pray that it would reach those hearts that are yearning, Lord God, for a stronger and a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name. You can have a seat. Amen. Praise God. Um, there's another scripture, First uh, John. And this is the framework for my message. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. Uh, verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Amen. Uh, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. Amen. So church, I need you to help me tonight. Amen. Amen. Need you to respond. Need some feedback. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, give me a clap right there. That's how I like it for the Lord, not me, but um, kind of help boost my ego, you know? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, we live in some dark, troubled times. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, how much can be said, you know? I mean, <laughs> news, <laughs> just walk around. You look around, man. It's like, Lord, you know, who, if you don't come back soon, then who could be saved? Amen. We're dealing with a generation that is, um, that is uh, raised up on Alexa, Google, AI. And for the old folks that don't know what that is, 
artificial intelligence. Amen. That's for us old people, because I had to look that up. I was like, what is this new thing, AI? What is that? You know? Um, mobile phones. Um, I don't want to put you that word. Autonomous vehicles. Can anybody tell me what that is? Huh? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's a self-driving car. Amen. This is the world we live in. Technology dependence. Amen. They say that uh, information technology is doubling every two years. Amen. And so we live in a culture in this day and age with so much distractions. Amen. If I could bring the point home. Entertainment. Um, social media. Uh, they say that the average phone user unlock his phone over 80 times a day. They check their phones from six to seven times per hour. That's one time out for every 10 minutes. We are constantly being interrupted, bombarded with text messages, tweets, notifications, ads, emails, and the list can go on and on and on and on and on. I had to go back to the old-fashioned Bible. I had to go to Walmart and get me a Bible with a hard cover and, and paper in between. Because <laughs> it's just not working out with my Bible app. Right. It's just not working out. Right. I mean... I'm reading the passage, and I'm about to move to the next one, and then a commercial comes on. <laughs> like, really? Man. And then it, now it has to draw out for like 10, 15, 20 seconds, you know? And then I'm like, who's making those ads? I'm reading the Bible, so that means that the man is probably religious? <laughs> he probably has some morals, you know? So some of these ads, I'm like, what? What is going on, you know? It's just not working out. And then before you know it, I lose my interest in the word, and I'm distracted. Am I the only one in this room that have this issue? Amen. That's right. Come on. I heard that. Just a thought. Some of us probably know our phones better than we know our spouses. If I wonder if given the choice, <laughs> if you had to choose between your phone and your spouse <laughs> to take off for seven days, seven days without your spouse or seven days without the phone, which one would you choose? Ooh, I wouldn't be looking like that. Um. <laughs> Amen. Some of you were thinking about it. I know you were. I mean... <laughs> That's like my right hand. I mean, I can't even show up to work if I can't find my phone. Amen. So we live in a culture that promotes laziness, apathetic people, no feelings, no emotions, I mean, you listen to social media, how cruel and mean some of these folks are? I'm like, it's amazing. 
how much anger that people have inside of them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's easy to snipe when you're at a distance, you know? A materialistic culture, excessive concern with materials and possession, so caught up, and we have to be careful, amen. Idealistic culture, unrealistic perfections that bears no reality. A fast-paced environment. They want you to be highly productive and efficient. Push people. Push them to the brink. More, more, not less. I'm guilty. Amen? Are you with me, church? Amen. Always feeling under pressure. And we wonder why we have so many heart attacks. How, so, how many, so, so many people losing their mind? Amen. We are a culture that want instant gratification. Amen. I'm from the generator, Generation X. Microwave. <laughs> this generation here, I think it's the Alpha generation. That is here? No, it's not Z. We just came through, I think it was, uh, let me see, I have it somewhere in here. Kind of hard to blink on pages with one hand. Um, but I guess that's not important. But we have kids that are being raised up to the voice of Alexa and AI now. You know, there was a time in, in Israel, that's where you know, the Bible is so awesome. It's relevant today. Yes. <laughs> you need the old and you need the New Testament. Yes. Amen. Amen. You need the full counsel of God. Amen. Yes. Praise God. And there, the Bible says that there is nothing new underneath the sun. Amen. In the book of Judges, chapter 21, it says that it was during the time of Samson. There was a time in that period where there were no kings. And the Bible says that Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Does that sound like today? I mean, we don't have no true leadership. I mean, look at our picks for presidents. Really? I'm like, Lord, we are in trouble. I wonder sometimes if God gives us bad leadership, because of sin. Amen. Because of sin that is in our nation. Amen. Amen. It's pathetic. It Amen. 
They say, in those days there were no king in Israel, and every man did what's right in his own eyes. The book of Judges in the Bible is an eye-opening of the downward spiral of our nation. And it's not just our nation, church. It's global. We are in the last days. Ecclesiastes says in verse 9, it says, what has been done will be done again, and there is nothing new underneath the sun. Sin is sin. No matter how technical we get, it doesn't make us a better people. Moses commanded the people, do what is right in God's eyes. Widespread corruption, adultery, moral confusion, lawlessness, spiritual confusion, Moral decay, wokeism. Yeah. What is that? We live in a world of my truths. That's what happens when you have, when you try to take God out of a nation. That's what happens. Those things begin to surface up. Amen. My truth. Amen. The Bible says there is a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. A godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Apostasy. That's what's happening. What's apostasy? Abandonment. Abandoning God. And 2 Thessalonians says, let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come except there come a great falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. Amen. I just heard that, not, not that I believe in him anyway, but the Pope uh, is okay with, with homosexuals. I'm like, wow, nice true colors are finally coming out. We knew you were the devil. Now you just expose yourself. This is the strategy of Satan, church. He is after our children. Amen. This is the generation that is being brought up with all this technology, with all this stuff. Amen. I would like to know the, the effects a generation down the line, what kind of generation we're going to have? Are we going to have zombies? And you know, the Bible talks about the one world system, you know? Amen. And that falls in line. Amen. You know, it goes back to the Tower of Babel when, when here was another man was trying to do what was right in their own sight. They defiled God and they wanted to go in a different direction. And what, what, what made them so successful at building that tower was that the Bible said that they were all one. And I think that's what technology has brought in this day and age. It has brought us back to one. Does that make sense? 
man, I could cross the globe. I could speak to someone in China. I can, I could go there on YouTube, or I can um, um, text someone and uh, translate and get understanding. Amen. But this is not new to God. No. The Bible said, in Job, it said that, um, that men would travel to and fro. And what else did he say? He said, knowledge would what? Increase. This is nothing new. He said, Daniel, shut it up. He said, it's not for you to know. He said, but the generation of that time, they would understand. Why? Because we see it. We live in it. Amen. You know, God doesn't hide anything. The eyes of the Lord is, is high and low. Amen. And so I open up with the scripture, um, and I want you to pull that back up, um, of the tabernacle. And uh, I want to kind of just kind of slow it down a little bit and just talk about the seven candlestick. Now, uh, I, you know, I don't know the level of everybody in this congregation. Um, and uh, before Christ in the Old Testament, uh, there was a tabernacle. And God showed Moses the pattern to the tabernacle to build. And, um, and Hebrews say that it was an example or a shadow of heavenly things. Amen. Praise God. And, you know, God gave Moses all the details to that tabernacle. And he also showed him how to build these furnishings to furnish the tabernacle with. Amen. And just a little brief um, sketch of the tabernacle. Uh, you had the outer court, and then you had the inner court, and then you had the, the holies of holies, which was the inner inner court. And that was the area where the uh, Ark of the Covenant reside in that area. And of course, you had the you had the um, the priests. They had to perform services every day in that tabernacle. Amen. You with me, church? Amen. I'm gonna try to speed it up because I know that time's getting away from us. Yeah. Amen. And so there was a pattern of things. But in the outer court was the altar. The altar was the place of sacrifice. Shedding of blood. Amen. And then, of course, the priest had to come in by that way. There was only one way into the tabernacle. Right. And it was by that way. Right. And the first furnishing that he came across was the, was the altar of sacrifice. Amen. And there was a requirement that had to be, of what had to be offered up on that altar. Amen. And then once he got past the altar of sacrifice, there was the brazen labor. Amen. And uh, the Bible gives, you know, you know, God doesn't mince words. He does not. He does not waste. And that was a way that that brazen labor had to be made. It had to made, be made out of a special type of metal, which was brass, which they call looking glass. It had to be polished. And, and uh, of course, it was filled with water. And so that priest, before he could enter into the... Um, the, uh, the, the second part of the uh, tabernacle, he had to wash at the brazen labor. And it gave instruction to that priest 
if he missed that furnishing and, and went bypass it, the Bible says that he was he would be killed on the spot if he did not wash as the brazen laver. And then when he entered into th that area, the second part of the tabernacle, that was the place where you had the table of shoe bread, you had the altar of incense, and then you had the seven candlestick, which sometimes referred to as the menorah. And he gave a description on how to, to build that peace. And the Bible gives us a description of that. Amen. Let's see if I can find it. I better get my glasses on quick. And so, or you could call it the lampstand or the seven candlestick or the menorah. Quite naturally, it was a lamp. Amen. It had seven candlesticks on it. There was one. Here's the instruction he gave Moses. He said, the lampstand of the tabernacle had one central shaft and six branches. Make a lampstand of pure gold. Amen. Make it base and its decorative flowers, including buds and petals, to form one piece with it. So the way it was built, it had a shaft that ran right down the middle. It was a continuous shaft, and then you had the three branches that branched right off it. Amen. Praise God. And that thing had to be kept burning. Amen. And so in order for that candlestick, when, you, when, we, when we hear candles, we think of like wax and a little stem on it. No, that was not that type of candlestick. Yeah. It had these little cups that you had to fill with olive oil in it. And then he gave instructions on the type of oil that was supposed to be given to keep that fire lit in the tabernacle. Now, one thing I want to go back to, that fire was not a natural fire. It was a supernatural fire. That fire had to come from the altar of sacrifice. Are you with me, church? Yes. Amen. To light that menorah, he had to get the fire from the altar of sacrifice. And the instruction were, for the people to bring the all. And, and, and he gave instruction on what type of all. Like, well, how many olive oil is there, God? You know? It had to be a beaten olive oil. Amen. Amen. Are you with me, church? Yeah. And so that kind of struck me like, God, why the people? How come the priests just couldn't bring the all themselves? It had to be the people. They had to be the one to participate in bringing the all. Amen. And it had to be a, a beaten type of olive oil. And so I researched, what is a beaten type of olive oil? Uh, you know, um, the process of beaten olive oil, it had to go through five processes. The first process was they took the olives and they put it in a sack. 
And then they took a big heavy stone with a stick on it, and that's how they would crush the oil. And in that first batch, that was the highest quality oil. And they had to take that high quality oil and separate it. And it went through, like I said, it went through five steps. The second step, they added another stone and they crushed what was left. And, um, and then they did it a third time, and then a fourth time, and the last one was the fifth time. And the fifth time was the lowest quality of the all. The first all, just like the Lord commanded, was to go to what? Help me out, church. Y'all listening? Y'all with me? It was to go where? To the lamp. And that lamp was to continue burning. Every evening, the priest had to go and add more oil to it. So it continued burning, and it never went out. The Bible says it's a statute. It's a law. It's to remain. It's to never go out. And we know we don't have the tabernacle with us, uh, you know, that physical tabernacle that was in the wilderness. We don't have this with us anymore. Because why? Because we have what? We have the tabernacle, Jesus. Amen. And so, um, and so in the second step, that all was used for cooking. The third process, that fuel was used for your regular lamps. Because you know, in the tabernacle, in the, the, the menorah, in the tabernacle, there was no natural light. There was darkness in there. And so in order for the, the priest to perform the service, services in the tabernacle, he, he needed light. And that light came from the seven candlestick. Amen. And so uh, on the fourth process, they used it for medicine. Amen. They used it all for healing. Amen. And then, like I said, the fifth one was the lowest quality soap. Amen. And so I'm like, Lord, so what do you have to say in this? What do you mean, God? God wants our best, church. Yes. Yes. We are a part of that process. And all these things, the Lord said, what you bring in me, I'm not, I'm not pleased in. I'm not happy. You know, we've been fasting, church. We've been praying. Amen. So I know we're ripe and ready for the word. It, it, you know, pastor said, this is the year of acceleration. Amen. That's going to be good and bad. Amen. Amen. Uh, some of us, God's going to move quickly and do some things that we've been waiting on. But also, you know, the reason why he has to move quickly, because the world is moving ahead. Yeah. It's getting by. It's getting past us. Amen. And we have to be ready. Yes. And God is calling us back to the word of God. Yes. He's calling us back to the Bible. Amen. Yeah. We have to return yes. to his word. Amen. His word is a lamp, and it is a light. Amen. Praise God. We have to return to that. If we're going to survive in this day and age, it's going to be through the pure word of God, that beaten gold, that pure gold. Amen. Christ is the center of our lives. Amen. None of these things come first before him. Amen. Praise God. He is calling us. We don't want to be like the... The ten virgins, five was wise and five was foolish. What was it the foolish didn't have enough of? 
All, all. That's right. Amen. Put God first in everything that we do. Depend on him. Depend on that word. Amen. Praise God. If you want wealth and prosperity, run to the word. Amen. If you need light and guidance, look to the word. Amen. If you need healing and health, look to his word. Amen. And if you need washing and cleaning, cleanse yourself with the word. Amen. Praise God. Give me that other scripture, brother. Um, Revelation. And to the church of Ephesus, these are the words of him who holds what? The seven stars. Amen. So here's the letters to the seven churches. These churches were characteristics of some of the church that we have here now. Amen. Let me get to it. Bear with me, church. So I really want to get this point across. I know it's here. Here it is, right here. And so to the seven churches, here's the Lord. Here's the word of the Lord that he gave to John. Amen. These were the personalities of the churches that are here. He said, these are the words of him who hold the seven stars in the right hand and walk among the seven golden lampstands. And this is what you have to say. Bring that, yeah. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them to be false. That's some great things. You know, we got to be careful at times, church. Sometimes we think because we do all these things and we do it all right, that we're okay with God, that we're all right. Amen. At some point, the Bible says that the, the parable of the ten virgins, they were all virgins. That means at some point in their life, they all had a, a true relationship, born-again experience with Christ. And what scares me about this parable is that, you know, it's five and five. Amen. Both part of the church. And here's the church being cut in half. Amen. Two would be in the field and one would be left. Amen. So many parables just splitting the church in half. But yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. After all those things, you persevered. You endured hardship for my name's sake. Uh, you have not grown weary, but I have this against you. Return back to your first love. And church, this is the word for this year. Amen. If we're going to succeed, if we're going to be blessed, if we're going to make it, amen, we got to return back to our beloved Lord. Amen. He is longing for you. Amen. He is longing. He's got blessings. Amen. He's got blessings for you. But you have to be the one to come and get it. You have to search him out. Go back to spending time and reading God's word. Go back to meditating on God's word. Morning, night, day, in the car, 
on your break. Amen. This is the hour of listening. Amen. We have to be careful every step. A lamp for my path. A light unto my feet. Amen. It's small steps in this darkened world that we live in. We have to follow the instructions of the Lord. And sometimes the instruction will be personal. Sunday morning and Wednesday night is not enough, church. I'm sorry to say. It's personal. Amen. And so I hope I didn't come up too harsh with God put in my heart. But here's something in Jeremiah 33, start, uh, three, verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you. Amen. You can come up, brother. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Amen. This is in Jeremiah. The Bible said that while Jeremiah was what? Still in the courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him. God is wanting to get a word to some of you. Amen. He wants to give you special instructions. Amen. But you're not finding the time to spend time with him to hear. Why? Because we're so caught up and distracted with the things of the world. And we got to be careful. Those things are what goes in our eyes and in our ears. Amen. The Bible said, be ye transformed. Amen. This is the year of hearing the voice of the Lord. He said, my sheep know my voice, and another one they will not hear. Amen. This is going to be a special year. It's going to be a great year. There's going to be some good things that's going to happen for the church. We are the light. That's why it's so important for us to bring that all unto the Lord. Bring our best, ourself, unto him. And in him, the Bible says, there is no light. I mean, there is no darkness. There's only light. And he said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen. If you want to win souls, it's not going to go through your own effort. It's going to be your spending time with the Lord. Amen. And then it just becomes more natural. Why? Because I'm in the spirit. I'm walking in the spirit. I have a close relationship with him. And I'm going to leave y'all with this story here. Like, uh, I don't know if y'all remember Greg Phillips. Remember Greg? One day I was in prayer. Just spending time with the Lord. And all of a sudden I felt the need to get up. And go to CC's on Blue Bonnet. And I walked in there and there's this guy in the corner and I sat right across from him. We nod, hey, hi. And I was in my phone. He was in his phone. And then the Lord spoke to me. I need you to talk to him. I'm going to tell you some things about him. I want you to tell him. And I began to speak to him. And this man was angry. He was angry at God. He hated God. 
He made a pact with the Lord. He was once in ministry in a foreign field, and, and it did not work out. He lost his wife, his marriage. And he turned his back on God. He said, God, if that's the way you are, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm going to draw a line. I'm going to stay on this side, and you stay on that side. And here is this little guy walking there and started telling him about Jesus. Then I started telling him some things about himself that I should not know. I did not know. And he's like, well, how does this guy know this thing? This surely must be God. And he said, i never forget that. He said, man, I was so angry I wanted to punch you in the face, bro. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you didn't because I was scared. I was like, man. I was like, Lord, this better be you because this, this is a big guy. And I'm like, whoo. And um, I see his face just turning red. And I was just laying it on him. What the Lord said, I'm calling you back. <laughs> I'm calling you back to the field. Amen. And, uh, and then I said, uh, and he was just like, just clamming up and, um, and just, you know, kind of, receptive and kind of just just angry at the same time and then and then I was like all right now it's time for me to bail out of here and as I was bailing out I said and the Lord said you can kick against the prick <laughs> but you're gonna you're coming back and I never forget that it was like a month later I get a phone call from Greg Phillip and he is weeping he is crying on the phone. And I'm like, brother, what's going on? And he's just pouring out his heart. He's crying. Big old guy on the phone, just weeping. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, oh. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.